Hi, I'm Beck Rayner and this is the Military Life Podcast, a podcast that celebrates, empowers, supports, informs and embraces the spouses beside the military members by building connections, acknowledging our strength, focusing on self-care and our mental health. Let's do this together. Want to join a bank that just gets Defence Life? Defence Bank is one of Australia's largest customer-owned banks. They have 33 on-base branches across Australia, an award-winning banking app that allows you to do all your banking wherever and whenever you want. And with products and services tailored for ADF members and Defence spouses, you'll wonder why you didn't join sooner. Visit defencebank.com.au today and see how easy your banking can be. Welcome to the podcast, Freya. Hi, thanks for having me. <laughs> thanks for coming on. If we can get started with how you and your defence member met, how long you've been together, can you give us a rundown of your story? We met on Tinder, as all modern romances seem to start with these days. That was in 2016, and we'd been together for about three months when he found out that he was being posted to Newcastle at the end of that year. And I said, so what's you know, what, what's the plan? He's like, I don't know, what do you want to do? I was like, guess I'm moving to Newcastle with you then. We made that decision quite early in our relationship and I guess I still didn't really have any concept of what it meant to be dating a defence member. It was a bit eye-opening when I finally got thrown into the deep end with the, the whole move, toll. We were living in different places at that point. He was living on base and I was living about 45 minutes drive away and having to kind of move some of my stuff to his place so toll would take it. Oh, it was a bit of a mess. But yeah, that's how we met. Going from... Perth to Newcastle, that's a pretty big move and you'd only been together for not an extensive amount of time. He said, what do you want to do? And you're like, okay, well, I'm moving with you. But what did that mean? Were you like, okay, cool, this is an adventure or like I'll have to organise this, this and this? Like how were you going into that move? I've always been kind of a jump in, do things, think later kind of person. So I had a lot of negative Nancys, including my mother, who were like, what if it doesn't work out? And I'm like, but what if it does? I was following my heart more than my head at that point. I'd never even heard of Newcastle. I'd moved around a lot as a child, so I was no stranger to, you know, picking up my life and moving, but I'd been in Perth for quite some time at that point. Moving away from, I suppose, the only place that I'd had any kind of long-term living stability that was pretty rough and I didn't know anyone in Newcastle so moving all the way across the country and starting all over again was pretty rough but I guess I just didn't think too much about it I just went this is what's happening let's go I had to rehome my cats unfortunately because it was very difficult to find a rental over here at that point we weren't eligible for defense housing so I couldn't find a rental over here that I could have my cats which was sad but they're living their best life with a retired couple who dote on them so didn't turn out too badly. <laughs> they won their own lottery. Yeah, exactly. So your partner, when you met, he was already in defence. When he got his posting order and, okay, I'm basically going from one side of the country to the other, he'd already been in defence. It's not like you went on that journey together and you were figuring it out. He kind of knew what was required of him with his defence job and that he will be required to post across the country and then in another couple of years he may have to move again and he may have to go away or whatever is required of his job. What was the discussion like between you both in regard to him not feeling like your mum said, like what if it doesn't work out, picking you up from everything that you know and taking you across the country? Was there any sort of discussion about that? Not really. <laughs> we kind of just jumped in head first. Um, yeah, I think we just kind of winged it. 
he at least knew what to expect and he'd obviously come to terms with the fact that he didn't have any control over his own life anymore, which took me a little bit longer. I still try and ask him to give me details for things far in advance and he's like, I don't have those details. I'm like, but I need to plan my life. So I haven't completely let go of the control, but I don't have any control. It's all a figment of my imagination. Did you have any expectations of what defence life would be like? Did you have any connection to defence? Did you have any background or had your partner sort of said, okay, well, this is what it will be like? Absolutely no idea. I didn't know anyone in defence. I'd never really considered it. When he told me that he was in the Air Force, to begin with, I was like, cool. I don't really know what that means for me. So I didn't even really think about it. I just kind of went, oh, I really like this guy and just let's see where it goes. Yeah, it took a big risk, I guess, moving across the country. And if, if it hadn't worked out, I was like, I guess I can always move back. But that never eventuated. And here we are six years later, married with a toddler. Seems to have worked out. <laughs> yeah. So once the dust had settled, you'd moved from Perth to Newcastle and settled into living together and everyday life in your new location. What was your introduction to defence life? Like once you're like, okay, so this is what him being in the rough means, or this is what it's going to be like for us if we continue dating and like you said, ended up getting married. Once the dust had literally settled because Newcastle's real dusty. My biggest introduction to it, I guess, was him being away all the time. Because he went away a lot that first year, which left me in Newcastle by myself, knowing nobody. And that was my trial by fire. Because <laughs> I, I didn't really have anything to do at that point because any activities and stuff that I was previously doing in Perth, I didn't have those when I moved to Newcastle. So I kind of had to work out who I was without him and create my own little network and identity, which I actually held off doing for years because I was like, what's the point? We're just going to move again at some point. And then eventually I realized that was a dumb philosophy because, I mean, we've been here for six years now and we've had multiple postings, but they've all been in Newcastle. So eventually I went and asked her, I need to get out and do stuff and meet people and, and create my own life so that when he's away, I'm not just sitting here twiddling my thumbs, which was what I kind of did for that first year and realized that that wasn't going to work very well. How did you go about connecting in with other people and establishing yourself and, like you said, creating your own identity and having your own things going on so that when he does come and go, you still have a life that you're like, okay, cool, well, I've got my life happening. So, yeah, I'll see you when you get back. Yeah. Well, to start with, I was at university because I was halfway through my degree when I moved, or about two-thirds of the way through my degree when we moved over. Then I transferred universities and they made me pretty much repeat half of what I'd already done. So I wouldn't recommend doing that. So the first people I met were probably my uni mates. Some of them I still keep in contact with, but we're nurses. So we're kind of all over the place and our schedules never line up. So once you've got nurse friends, like you never see them again because you're always on a different schedule. Story of our lives. And Facebook, just Facebook groups, like our local Facebook group once we moved to the state that we live in now. I met a lot of people through that. I ended up starting a book club in 2019, not 2019, 2020, and that's still going strong. We meet every month. I wouldn't say I have a huge circle of friends, but I think I have some really solid friendships here now. And even in the last year, I've maybe tripled the number of friends that I actually have here just from getting out and doing things and meeting people through mum's groups. Definitely helps when you've got toddlers and young kids because that's when you make whole new circles of friends. 
we had a lot of friends who came and went like a lot of my friends are the wives and girlfriends of my partner's workmates so when people get posted away it's hard with people leaving and you're like okay well may see you again in the future we just found out that some of our friends who left newcastle would have been two or three years ago now they're posting to Perth with us. So that'll be exciting to see them again, be posting buddies again. So it's kind of exciting finding out that people that you've loved and lost get to rejoin you at a new location. How much easier does that make it going into that posting, knowing that number one, obviously you're going back to location where you have friends and family, but also that you're posting with other defence couples or families that you know So there's not as much pressure because you're like, well, I already know a couple of people, which just gives you that fallback of having that couple of people that are your support network. Because even going back and having family and friends, it's still not exactly the same as having defense families you're connected to because it's a, a different level of friendship and different level of understanding. Yeah, no one gets it, like another defence wife whose husband is away all the time. (laughs) There's a lot of defence members on our street and we all sit out the front on a nice afternoon and about our husband being away. So we all get it and it is nice to know that I'll have that kind of support when we do move back to Perth. And even if we were moving, say, somewhere like Tyndall where I didn't know anyone, it'd be, you know, having someone there that you know makes a huge difference. Because we all kind of watch out for each other. Yeah, and that's exactly what the defence community is amazing for, is providing that chosen family for you who just get it and you both give and take and help each other out when needed because you just understand. Especially when most of us don't have family in the area and we are our own family. This is all we have. We've got this little community and we watch out for each other because we don't have any other options and we get that, so... How has COVID and the border closures and all of the the lockdowns and things like that, how did that impact you and your defence member? Did you have any separations or did your partner go away during COVID? Like, how did that work out for you? My husband was actually away for six months of 2020 in America, which previously I'd kind of planned to be visiting him when he was away. But obviously with COVID that wasn't possible so we just had to make do and I found out that I was pregnant about two weeks before he left for the states so he missed six months of my pregnancy he left when I was eight weeks pregnant and came back when I was 36 weeks pregnant so that was a pretty interesting thing to come home to for him because he left and I looked normal when he came back and it was like I'd eaten a watermelon so that was interesting. <laughs> that is that is a huge change. Like also you were then with COVID restrictions and all of that sort of stuff while he was away, but then also yeah. being pregnant and in Newcastle. But how did you feel with him being overseas during that time and worrying about what was going on over there? Different countries and different locations were dealing mm. with COVID in different ways. How were you feeling about that? Yeah, well, he was in Arizona, which was one of the biggest hotspots in America. And I guess I've never been overly concerned about COVID. Like I'm a nurse and I was just like, these things happen and we just have to deal with them when they do. I just tried not to think about it too much. It was difficult having him away, especially knowing that humans are crazy and things can get out of hand really fast. But I suppose that's the case on any given day, really. So what can you do about it? There's not all that much use in stressing, just got to get on with life. When you moved over to Newcastle, you had to change unis and do some of the courses that you'd already done or modules that you'd already done. And you're now a registered nurse. How did you 
go into defense life with knowing that your career was going to be nursing? Was that, okay, great, I'll be able to find a job wherever we go? Or what kind of thinking did you have when you entered defense life and then thinking about your career and how that would work? It definitely is handy having a job like nursing. And my background is mental health as well. So honestly, I won't have trouble finding work wherever we go. The problem with nursing is that nursing hours don't exactly line up with daycare hours. So when my partner's away, it's difficult for me to work as a nurse because I can't get my son to and from daycare within the hours that I'm working as a nurse. So either we start at 7am or we finish at 10pm and daycares just aren't open those hours. So what I've done is in the last few years, I've actually cultivated a photography business, which I can work whatever hours I like. I think I've been doing this for about five years now. I've built it up to the point where I'm actually making the same, if not more, from my photography business than I would be if I was working full-time as a nurse. Well, that's amazing, for, especially for a photography business, because it's not easy running your own business and then also making it profitable to the point yeah. where if you went and got a job and had an employer, that it was the same sort of level. I suppose the issue is that I, I still haven't worked out how to pay myself super, <laughs> but I spend so much that I don't have to pay tax. So I guess there's that. And yes, while it makes it easier to be able to take that business with you for business owners, and I myself am a business owner, we know that it's not just always as easy as picking up the business and taking it with you, that it also you have to build networks and find new clients and finish up with your existing clients and all of that sort of stuff. So how are you feeling about taking that business with you when you post? It's definitely stressing me out (laughs) and I'm not usually a stress head, but I know I need to find like a whole new client base over there. I've got a loyal client base here and I've got a good following on social media. I know a lot of people around here. So word of mouth is huge for photographers and any small business really. So the fact that I have that over here is really valuable. And I know that moving to Perth, even though I know people, it's going to take quite some time to build up the kind of following there that I have here and to really get that solid client base so that I have those referrals going through. What I've done is I'm doing a complete rebrand and that will coincide with the move to Perth. And I'm hoping that the SEO and the new website and all of that sort of stuff is going to help me generate some more interest when we move over. So I'm going to start that a little bit before we move and try and generate some interest and some bookings before we move so that I can just roll in and roll into bookings. But I will probably have to work as a nurse for a bit to start off with while things are getting moving again. Nine out of 10 defense spouses wish they found out about Defense Bank sooner. Okay, I might have just made that up and they do sponsor my podcast, but I've checked them out and I think they're worth a look just for their banking app alone. It's award-winning and currently has a rating of 4.8 out of 5 in both the app and Google Play Store. It does everything a big bank app does with cool features like fast same-day payments, card alerts and controls, pin change functionality, savings roundup, spend tracker, the list goes on. Oh, and if you really want to go to a Defence Bank branch, you can. There are 33 on-base branches across Australia. And with many of their branch staff a defence spouse or partner, you'll be talking to someone who just gets it. Banking as a defence spouse doesn't have to be hard. For more info, visit defencebank.com.au. Working as a nurse, while it is great that you can pretty much pick up work wherever, the shifts don't always align with a defense member being away and you being able to juggle everything that goes on at home. How do you work that even with the photography business and having clients on weekends and if your partner's away and the kids and things like that, how do you sort of manage all of that? 
Um, thank God for daycare days is one of my biggest lifesavers because I swear I'd go mad if I didn't have Leo in daycare two days a week. So Tuesdays and Thursdays are my days to kind of do the shopping, get the house clean for, you know, the five minutes that it's clean before he comes home and trashes it again, get the shopping done, get some editing done. The things that it's hard to do with a toddler underfoot on days that Leo is home, I shoot in his nap time. So I'm really lucky that he's such a good sleeper and he sleeps one to three, like on the dot. You can set your watch by him. So I have clients come in. I've got a studio in the house and I start shooting at one and I finish at three when he wakes up. So I've got that window. I don't know how I'm going to manage it once he stops having a daytime nap, but I'll cross that bridge when they come to it, I guess. When you post to Perth, have you looked into, like, are you going into DHA housing? What are you doing housing-wise? And have you looked into how you can have your business from the DHA thing and, like, the things that you have to do in order to be able to have that business approved? And have you had to deal with any of that stuff? So far, we haven't got a posting order, so we can't actually look for defence housing yet. We would ideally like to not be in a service residence and just rent privately and get rental assistance, but it entirely depends on what's available at the time and there's about a thousand factors. At this stage, I'm just waiting for more information to come out, which I swear I spent half my life just waiting for my partner to give me information so I can start trying to make decisions. At this stage, I suppose we're more worried about trying to get the house packed up and all of the little bits and pieces fixed with defence housing the grass and the walls and the everything. So we have to go around and fix up all of those little bits and pieces. I don't know how I'm going to find the time, but I guess I'll just have to figure it out. Yeah, there's so much stuff that goes on that you don't necessarily think about, but you you have to deal with. And once you put them all together, it's just so much stuff to do. It's just never ending. The the business and the clients is the least of my worries, but it is it is a worry also because, you know, I still need to make money and I still need to establish myself and all of that. Yeah. When you decided to start a family, did you think about, okay, well, let's see whether we can try for a baby in between these postings? Or like you mentioned, you found out you're pregnant and then your partner went overseas for a six-month course. How did you go into family planning? Was it more of a a plan thing or it'll happen and kids will just fit in where they need to fit in? We were watching one of the episodes of Friends where Monica and Chandler are struggling to get pregnant and I've wanted kids forever. I'd been kind of pestering for a while, like just gently elbowing and being like, can we have babies yet? Can we have a baby now, please? And we were watching that particular episode and I burst into tears. And I was like, what if it takes forever? What if we never get pregnant? What if I'm like 50? And he was like, you know what? Fine, fine, we can start trying. Ironically, that night I was ovulating and that's when Leo was conceived. It all happened rather quickly. (laughs) My worries about infertility were clearly unfounded. He was planned, but maybe not very well thought through from my emotional behalf. At that stage, it didn't look like my partner was going to be going to America because of the whole COVID thing and the world falling apart. So we thought, oh, okay, we'll we'll probably be safe. Turns out we were wrong. And... (laughs) So I was like, okay, cool. Well, I guess I just have to do pregnancy by myself. So I did because I didn't have any other choice. So yes, planned, but maybe not very well thought out. We are starting to think about round two. He he wants to be around for the next pregnancy, which fair enough. And I'd, I'd rather like him to be around too, because pregnancy with a toddler by myself would be difficult. 
I mean, I, I feel like with defense, there's never really a good time to have a kid. There's a bad time and a slightly less bad time. So, you know, yeah. you just got to do it when you do it and uh, yeah. hope that things fall into place. In saying that, what is the general posting plan for you guys? Have you got thoughts on, okay, well, after Perth, we would like to go here or just see what happens? Like, have you got any other posting locations you'd like to go to in mind? What will sort of happen for you guys? Uh, Not really. I've been pestering my partner to think about, you know, what he wants to do, but he he doesn't really know what he wants to do. The squadron that he left in Newcastle would be stoked to have him back. I actually had them begging me to make sure he didn't stay in Perth. Because apparently a lot of defence members move over to Perth and then they just don't come back because the wives like the lifestyle over there. (laughs) I think they were hoping that that wouldn't happen. I'd be quite happy to stay in Perth, but my husband's family is all over on the East Coast and he's really big on family. And I don't have much family in Perth. In fact, I only have one family member in Perth that I speak to, which is my brother. And as much as I'd like to be close to him, my husband's closer to his family than I am to mine. So it makes more sense for us to be over on the East Coast. So we will most likely move back here. I don't think he plans on staying in the Defence Force indefinitely. I think his Rosso is up, I think, mid-2025. So we're potentially looking at non-defence jobs, maybe flying the Learjets out of Nowra, just seeing what's available at the time and what he's interested in, I guess. I think his next posting is going to be really good for him and I think he'll enjoy it. So he's he's going to be an instructor, which I've always said to him he'd be really good at because he's very patient and he just gets on well with people. He's just got one of those personalities that everyone likes him. Whenever I describe him to anyone, when they may know him or they may not know him, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I know him. Yeah, 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 that guy. So he's liked by everyone, which I think will make it easy for him to transition to a new squadron and I think he'll enjoy the teaching side of it. I guess we'll see where the wind blows us, but most likely back to the west, uh, the East Coast. When you say that he isn't necessarily going to stay in defence indefinitely, what sort of thoughts and feelings does that evoke in you in regard to are you happy that you're not going to be a defence family forever? Does it sort of make you feel like, oh, well, I'll be leaving the community that I know? Like how does it make you feel when I guess you think about him leaving defence because that's what you've known for however many years. I would rather like some locational stability, which we have had in Newcastle, but I suppose there's always the threat hanging over your head that you can be up and moved at any point in time. Being someone who moved around a lot growing up, I don't want that life for my own kids. And when they're really young, it's less of an issue because obviously they make friends really easily and the moving houses and stuff, they don't tend to remember it as much. But once they start getting older, primary school, high school, it makes it really difficult for kids. And I know that I went to about six different schools growing up and I never thought I'd leave Perth, honestly, but the universe had other plans for me. So here I am and it would be nice to settle down at some point. We both kind of have a similar vision for our future. Like we'd like a little bit of land, some animals, quite a country life but not too far from a Kmart because I have a Kmart problem. (laughs) So we have a vision for our life that doesn't include upping and moving every three to four years, which means leaving defence, which I'm not unhappy about. I'll probably still keep in touch with defence friends, but community is what you make it, I guess. Like I've, I've built my own community here with my book club and the other activities and stuff that I do now, my photography community. So you can build a community wherever you are. It's just a matter of getting out of your chair and going and meeting people. 
when you met your partner, he was in defense. So it's not like once you start dating a defense member, they go, oh, here's your handbook. Here's how to be a defense (laughs) partner. But in saying that, what sort of support or information was offered to you when you first became a defense partner or what sort of information did your partner pass on to you? Like, how did you find out about all the stuff that is related to defense life? I'd like to say he gave me some info, but uh, really it was a, I had to figure it out on my own. A lot of the information that I've come across, I've come across in defense spouse Facebook groups that I've searched up or other defense partners have put me onto. I I really didn't have any information from him except for the occasional email that they send for them to forward on to their partners about contact details for the chaplains and the other mental health services. And it's usually when they're about to go away. So that was really all I got from him. He's been pretty useless with that side of things. That's the start that you got the emails forwarded on. So in saying that, what support or information do you wish was offered to you when you became a defence partner and then did your first posting from across the country and sort of figured that out? Obviously, you said that after about a year, you're like, okay, well, I need to build my community, find connections. I need to get out there and do that for myself. But like, if you hadn't have done that, what sort of support or information do you wish had have been offered or presented to you when you were first a defence partner? It would have been nice to have had maybe a brochure or a list of support organisations that do like regular catch-ups, any particularly relevant Facebook groups like DFO, Defence Family Organisation. DCO, now (laughs) DMFS. (laughs) Yeah, I lose track. But those kind of organisations that in theory partners are supposed to tell you but they don't. So it'd be nice if someone went, this is the information that your partners should give you but we know that they won't. So here it is. (laughs) Anyone who comes out of ADFA or like finishes any kind of RAF course or defense course and they end up in the defense course they should just preemptively give them a brochure to pass on to anyone that they're dating or yeah definitely. Uh, wouldn't it be nice defense members have everything sorted for them especially if they join defense out of high school they don't understand the importance of all those things he went to adfa and he's been in the defense force since he left school so he used to give me crap about being a student like not having a full-time job and i'm like you got paid to go to uni you don't understand Exactly. A student that gets to go to uni, get paid, go out and party on the weekends and still get a uni degree. I don't know what it's like to be a broke student. So I, you know, when I first got my first job, I was really excited because I was like, oh my God, I'm making a full-time wage. I've got so much money. So I'd go to Kmart every day. So I had to get that out of my system because I've never had that, whereas he always had. So he didn't understand why I was such a compulsive shopper. So what are some of the things that you've done to help yourself out other than setting up your book club and making those connections? What do you do when your partner is away to help you manage everything, juggle work, life, family, kids? Do you do like online shopping, set aside a day just for you? Like what do you sort of do to look out for yourself? I do online shopping, but not of the grocery kind. So my husband, lucky he's not home because I get parcels to the door every day. I think I had about seven delivered in one day the other week. In terms of keeping things running, I feel like half the time I'm just making it from sleep time to nap time to sleep time again and rinse and repeat. Some days I'm just functioning. Not well, just functioning to a level that maybe I didn't get out of my pajamas, but at least I made meals. So when you're single parenting, you just kind of go into autopilot slash survival mode and maybe the house isn't clean all the time, but there are more important things like my sanity. 
on daycare days, if I'm like wound up and burnt out, I'm like, screw the housework. I'm going to go get a massage and read my book and have lunch by myself and just have some me time. Prioritizing things over housework sometimes is okay if you're really at the end of your sanity and you just need some time to yourself because Lord knows we've all been there. It's okay to leave the dishes for tomorrow and just go out and eat a cake, go eat a whole cake, whatever it is that you need to do that day to retain your little modicum of sanity, just do it. <laughs> what have you learnt along the way or what advice or words of wisdom do you have for other defence partners who might be listening or might just be starting their journey as defence partners or just need to hear from someone else who is obviously living defence life like them? This life is really hard and it's okay to sit down with other defense people and, and it's it's okay to complain about how hard it is because it really is. No one no one gets it like other defense wives get it because we've all been there. Sometimes just talking about it makes it just that little bit easier to know that you're not the only one going through it. Just building that support network of other people who do get it, especially if you're in a location where you don't have family and maybe you've got limited friends just get to know other defense people in your area so that you can all kind of have each other's back because that community is so valuable i don't know what i would do without the other defense wives and mums in my street because i i don't really have anyone else so they are my family and if you have to have a good cry about it occasionally just do it yeah because there's probably another defense partner that'll cry with you because yeah. they know exactly what you're feeling have a cry and a wine and some cake yes always cake. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Freya, for coming on the Military Life podcast and telling us about your journey so far. We're looking forward to hearing about you, hopefully setting roots in Perth and seeing what your partner will do in regard to the end of that posting and what that will mean for your family and whether you continue your journey with defence or go out into the big wide world and establish yourself on the East Coast. Only time will tell. The best plan would be if my photography business kicks right off and I make six figures a year and my partner can stay at home and be the housewife <laughs> and I can work. He'd love that. I mean, that would be amazing. <laughs> Good luck with it, Freya. Thanks, mate. I so hope you were able to relate or take something away from today's episode. There are definite ups and downs to military life, but let's get the conversation happening so we can see that we are all in this together. We are all just doing our best. So until next week, you got this. Let's do this together one day at a time. Thank you so much for tuning in. If this episode has touched you, helped you, or given you that extra confidence to keep going, to continue to hold down the home front, to continue to do all the things, I would so appreciate it if you could pop into Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the podcast and leave a review, a comment about what you would like to hear more of, or just some encouraging words. If you want to suggest a guest, I am always looking for new people to talk to. You can do that by jumping over to the website www.militarylife.com.au and clicking on our podcast page. I would love to hear from you. 